Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family, and in every episode, we consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Susan McPherson, founder and CEO of McPherson Strategies, a communication firm focused on creating powerful social impact with some of the world's biggest brands. Susan is known for her extensive, vital, and vibrant network of contacts, of which I am very proud to be included. That's why I'm particularly excited to talk to her today about her new book, The Lost Art of Connecting, The Gather, Ask, Do Method for Building Meaningful Relationships, all of which is to say, welcome, Susan. I could not be more excited to be here, Jennifer. Thank you. Well, so at the Breadwinners, we typically, we start with a stat or some research, and I thought this time I would like to tell a story because you and I belong to a vibrant network of women called The List. And we pride ourselves on helping each other out and lifting each other up. And years ago, I was brand new to the list and someone had an odd request and they said it was odd and they were looking for a llama. And I think it was a llama in Vermont of all places. And within about 15 minutes, you popped up and said, I know a guy and I'll help connect you to that guy. And I was like, who is this Susan McPherson? She's awesome. (laughs) So my first question is, do you still have a llama guy? (laughs) I not only have a llama guy, I've got a lamb and a cow guy. I should should preface it with they are llama and cow women. Oh, there you go. One of our clients is Heifer International. Ah, okay. 75-year-old, amazing nonprofit that is helping with regenerative farming around the world. But the Heifer Ranch in Arkansas is a magical place. And especially this month where there are babies being born, baby calves, baby lambs, baby llamas. So I hope all your listeners... So we'll just spend the rest of our time together just talking about livestock connections and all the livestock we'd like to see. So I hope you don't mind. (laughs) After all this connection talk, I'd be... (laughs) Wait, NPR had the greatest piece this weekend about hugging cows. It's actually a thing and it's become more of a thing during the pandemic. There are places you can go to hug cows. So, oh my God. I once heard cows like kind of growling in a group once when we got too close. I are are they conducive to being wanted? Evidently, <laughs> okay. Wanted? No, I'm not. Google it. And, and well, you are known. I mean, for all the the amazing good work you do, all the amazing skills you have, and all the and all, seriously, you do a lot. But one of your core things that we know about you is your network, and you're making connections facilitating connections, benefiting from connections. Like, tell me about where all this connecting started for you. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, it started a very long time ago in a small little town in upstate New York, where I was born and, and I spent the first 18 years of my life. I had parents that were deep, meaningful connectors. And every morning at the breakfast table, and I am not making this up, I would have to vie for space for my bowl of cereal 
because there would be the five local newspapers and yesterday's New York Times. Back then, the New York Times would come the next day. And my dad would have his razor blade and my mom would have his scissors and they would be clipping for articles that made them think of relatives, friends, colleagues, uh, you know, people wow. that they had met. And then they would dash off the missives on the manual typewriter and stick in a postal mail envelope and off it would go. And I thought that's what everybody did. So it definitely was, you know, bred in me, so to speak. And then also my mother was um, worked for public television and she did public relations for PBS. And of course, it wasn't until I was about 18 that I even actually understood what she did. But when she would come back from New York City, she would come, um, you know, carrying Molinari sausages and other you know, <laughs> New York City edibles that in upstate, you know, were considered exotic treats. And she would bring those to people who worked in the newsrooms as a thinking of you kind of thing. Yeah. So this, this was like, you know, like some people had peanut butter and jelly. I had a mom who brought Molinari sausages back from, and I'm not Italian, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, I could fake it, I guess. Yeah, for, for sure. We all try. It's the best. <laughs> I, think, I think that's where it comes from. But I do have a funny side note about coming up with the terminology, and maybe it would be beneficial yeah. for some of your listeners. Back in 2008, I went with about seven or eight women who were friends, and we went away to a retreat in the Catskills with the goal that that weekend we would come up with our quasi-elevator speech, our, you know, what were we going to say, who yeah. we were, and that weekend, and the goal was we would not leave until we actually crystallized that. And I look back, I'm like, why did we even leave? It was such a nice house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was that weekend that I coined the term, I am a serial connector. But, ah. but, but Jennifer, when I said it, which was basically to be able to get to the point where I could go home, <laughs> I felt so ridiculous. I almost peed in my pants. I felt so like it's not claiming it, right? Yeah. And, you know, fast forward maybe five years later and I would get on a stage to speak and I'd hear, we welcome Susan McPherson. She's a serial connector. Da, 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 da. And yeah. I still wanted to be in my pants. Because, <laughs> but honestly, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies and mm -hmm. actually stating what you believe to be your secret sauce, to be your personal superpower and owning it. I've learned a lot from doing that. And that's, I think of you that way too. So it's gotten into my head that that's a great way to describe what you do. And then to see it in action, it solidifies it. Yes, that's true. So that is a superpower. I think you have many superpowers, but I, that is a superpower. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm on LinkedIn. There's literally 66 million people on LinkedIn. There's 30 million countries and companies and all that sort of stuff. And I have like 3,000 connections. So I'm connected, right? I'm done. I'm out. There's more to it than that is what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I almost would suggest or recommend you take the numbers out of it. Really? Okay. I will be brutally honest. The, the impetus for the book had nothing to do with how do we connect. Yeah. How do I get my big numbers up? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or how do I connect, stay connected during a pandemic? I mean, the original impetus was the fact that we had become slaves to our technology. We had become overladen with caring about clicks and likes and followers as opposed to the 
genuine yeah. human connections that actually make a difference in our lives, that step up, that show up, that follow through. Like everything you've, you know, for instance, seen in the list or the, you know, Riveter or Luminary or these other communities. So I also felt that we hold also to our, you know, our devices. Right. Um, but of course, then the pandemic happened. And guess what? All we had was our devices and our likes and our clicks and our, you know, social media to stay connected. But what I realized while writing this is these are all so necessary to a certain extent, but they are not the means to the end. And as we are now on the cusp where we have a glimmer, where we are seeing the door opening, we have an opportunity to go forth and actually reconnect on a deeper, more personal level, more empathetic level, more compassionate level, and stop worrying about the clicks and likes. Instead, really ask each other how we are doing. How can we be helpful to one another? Yes. Now, the reason I have like 3,000 is because I've had roles where many people have wanted to like pitch story ideas. And that's great. And that's wonderful. But I will always say to people, that um, I authentically link with, that if they see someone that I'm connected with, I'll tell you whether I'm truly connected to them, mm -hmm. you know, like that I have a relationship with them because I never mind like writing a note or trying to connect someone. But it is funny that that three, th I know going in, like, I know it's going to say that I know someone, I don't really know them. I have never done the, I've gathered them, but I don't even think I've gathered them in the way that you're talking about gathering them. So <laughs> well, what is the gather part? It's never too late, okay? Yeah. Again, I don't want to diss on LinkedIn or any of these. Oh, no, no. But it's where I've co collected them, you know? <laughs> of course, of course. But I would go so far as to say it might be worthwhile for you to go through some of them and reach out and just say, you know what? This year's been tough. How are you holding up? Is there anything you yeah. need? And don't be afraid that they're going to come back and ask you to do something that would be so out of the realm, which quite frankly could happen. But guess what, Jennifer? You are a deeply connected person. And I bet you would know someone who could help them if you couldn't. And just by that sheer exercise of doing that, you are deepening your connection. And those 3,000 no longer are just a number on a computer screen. Interesting. Yes. So how much are you doing? So, to, well, so gather, ask, and do. Yeah. What are the three pillars? Yes. And I want to also state that gather, ask, do, it's not like you're going to do it once and then. Right. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a methodology for, for those of us professionally and personally, and also something to do at different inflection points during your life, whether, you know, you're moving to a new city, you're going through a pandemic, you have a new job, you have a, a goal of wanting to maybe serve on a nonprofit board. It's when you actually do the reflection to figure out what is your secret sauce? What do you have to offer? No matter your age, whether you're 21 or 61, what is the community you want to be surrounding you with for this particular time, for the next, you know, up teen months or even years? And once you have that, it sets you up for what I term the ask. And the ask is not what I think a lot of people would think you asking for help or you ask for introductions or the connection to that potential job opportunity. The ask is learning how to ask the important and meaningful questions so that you can learn more about other people. You can learn how then you can be helpful and guess what? How you can do 
Mm, yes. Right? Yes. So right. instead of asking the types of questions that are going to elicit responses like, what did you have for lunch today? Or how's the weather in Dubuque? You actually ask people questions like, gosh, you know, at the end of this pandemic, if you could go anywhere on this planet, where would you go and why? Or, you know, this has been a tough time. How are you doing? How is your family doing? Is there anything that, you know, in my world, I might be able to be helpful to you? Right. But now, how about if you kind of want, you you do have an ask for them? It, does that figure in at some point too? <laughs> this is not all about serve, serve, serve. And, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. What happens is, is if you truly live this, there is something to be said about what goes around, comes around. 98% of the business in my eight-year-old company has been inbound. Wow. That is a little bit of a unique situation. Um, I can't be sure. I haven't done a, you know, a massive landscape analysis, but I realized, you know, over the years, being helpful has truly been a benefit to the business, to everyone else I know too, right? And part of, you know, one of the interesting research, there was a lot of research that went into the book. And, and one thing I found extraordinarily interesting was the fact that People you've never even met, but people you've met who know those people actually affect your life. So that means in my 20s, I met people who know people that are now probably clients of mine. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. It means as we move through our lives, personally and professionally, we should be curious, open to meeting people that, quote unquote, may not be, that may certainly may not look like us, may not act like us, may not be in our profession. Because you never know what you don't know. And that is what is the kind of impetus of part of the, the entire book and the ethos of leading with how can I help? Because again, every door you open is a door to another door. Oh, for sure. I'm always struck in my mind, and I think about this a lot. We've done an episode on this on when your network looks a lot like you and like being impactful, being thoughtful about how to grow your connections for people who don't look like you or didn't grow up on the west side of Cleveland like I did or, you know, all those things where you could kind of unhook yourself from your, the easy connections because you have that affinity and to find connections that are new. Yep. Yep. Well, first of all, I always suggest start with your own community. Okay. And yes, even if they are very much synergistic with how you look, it is a very important question for you to ask. I want to diversify my, my network. Yeah. Anyone you could introduce me to. There is absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. And it's actually a good learning. You know, it might spawn other people to do that. Okay. Yeah. And then I have often found that joining and volunteering, providing service through community foundations, through nonprofits, getting involved in political campaigns, that kind of thing, service to others, you actually meet people that you would not meet traditionally through your professional walks of life. So I, I would start there. Um, you know, I, and I do think, you know, this is something we all need to be better at doing and myself included. But I think that over the years, when I look at how I have better diversified my community, and I tend to call it community rather than network. Right. Is I like that. literally opening up and asking people and asking people I know. And then, of course, through my, I don't want to call it social work, but, you know, serving on the board of the Lower East Side Girls Club, 
so many people who have very differing experiences from me, but I got to know the girls who have grown up on the Lower East Side. You know, that would never have happened. And granted, yeah. I was privileged enough, quote unquote, to serve on the board, but I didn't volunteer work before that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so I think it's it's important to, to put in the work. What do you think um, keeps it? What's like a, the stumbling block that keeps us from really connecting? Is it time? Is it fear? I, I don't know. I like that. I, I, first of all, that that's so dependent on individuals. Yeah, I think, I think for many people, and there's a lot of attention paid to this in the book about you know how do introverts connect? And yeah, and I actually spent a good deal of time um, interviewing Maura Aaron's Melee, the author. Mm-hmm. Hiding in the bathroom and yes. the host of the brilliant podcast, The Anxious Keeper. And she is a no, you know, she is a card carrying introvert, as is Susan Kane. And so I, I take wisdom from them. And one of the things we talked about is this is not if you don't look at it like networking, it's right. a lot easier. And you know, you can set realistic expectations when you walk into a room, whether it's a virtual or a conference room, convention hall, you name it. And set numbers. Like, I'm going to meet three people. Yeah. I'm going to learn three new things. And I'm going to share three things. That, for an introvert, is somewhat comfortable. The other thing, too, is because this is not about networking, it's not about numbers. And to me, if you have one or two meaningful talks at a particular gathering, again, online or in person, that is actually going to do you more service than walking around and grabbing business cards. Right. Oh, my goodness. And you've met that person at events, haven't you? <laughs> the one where you're like, you're just like vacuuming up people's business cards. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't really want to talk to you after this. I have no idea. You just give off a weird vibe. Whereas the person that you have this, you end up talking about shoe heel heights for like 20 minutes and you really connect on something kind of silly. You know, I find those can have, you know, the weirdest connection is an authentic connection. And you can talk about how we all wore espadrilles in the 80s or something like that. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing. And again, you know, I talk about this in the book, you know, back in the day when I worked for USA Today in the 80s, and I was a researcher, we used the yellow pages and microfiche to be able to read oh, yes. about people we were talking to, and maybe the Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. There is no excuse when you go to have a meeting or you're going to an event. You can actually learn about the people before you go. Yes. Okay. For sure. Yes. You, you know, you've talked about LinkedIn, but you can also see what they've said on Twitter today. You can probably even see, you know, if they have a public Instagram handle, their children. Yeah. And tell them their children are beautiful because everyone wants to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pro tip from my side. (laughs) Well, and I feel that the whole world of connecting, it took on such a weird spin at at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, we were all like nervous and, and scared and we still are and anxious and the like. But there were a lot of these online platforms that popped up, or maybe they had existed, but they went out like Lunch Club. Was it like Hi Hello or all these things where it's like, you know, speed, speed connecting, speed connecting. And I'll tell you, I maybe I did those because I was afraid, like I've lost the ability to go to these events and oh my God. And um, I really did talk like that. And uh, I think out of that, I met some lovely people, very lovely people. 
I made uh, one solid connection that we are still connecting, which, you know, not a failure, but I don't know. I don't know. why. How do you, can I ask pro tip how you feel about like speed networking? It's kind of not community building. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Speed networking sounds more like a dating kind of. Yeah. I um, honestly, that again, falls in that networking rather than all of meaning, you know, meeting and deepening relationships. Again, though, this is a pandemic. Okay. So hats off to you for trying. And, you know, the fact that it didn't like work doesn't mean that all of those programs are failures. It may just not for you, you know, Um, somehow this notion of like rushing through just that negates everything I talk about in the book. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I, cause at the time, the endorphins of meeting something, someone new, I enjoy it. I love hearing people's stories. And I mean, you know, I went into a field where I want to ask people their stories. So I got something out of it. I hope I gave something and we would make offer, but they didn't stick. And I just think that's for me, at least that kind of deeper connection that comes with time and comes with care and feeding, you know, like, like you, that's a missing element there it, it, when you're trying to almost like hoard new connections. And it's like, no, that's, that's like a scarcity model and not one of abundance where you just want to give and serve. I'm thinking these are, you hear my thoughts. This is my, my brain moving right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. So, well, I think this is wonderful. And I think that I think true connection is what it's all about. And so I thank you for bringing it together and kind of helping us make connections because this, this pandemic's going to be over and we're going to be out and about in the wild again, and we're going to want to make new connections. And so thank you. <laughs> but it's also an opportunity to go back and deepen what we already have. Yes. Um, and I almost wouldn't wait until the, do- the doors open. Yeah. Um, this is a really great opportunity to follow up with people that you've been meaning to and it doesn't have to be a big lift. I mean, you know, people sometimes say to me, how do you have time to do all this? And I often say that it is the people I'm connected to that actually make me more efficient because I knew that llama guy, right? Yeah. Um, I'm being facetious when I say that. But but but, but yeah, but you helped facilitate. It's, it's a silly story, but it's a very real story. And you helped someone achieve something they needed to achieve. And then look at that connection, that bond is a little stronger because you were able to. And people remember, and then you become known as someone who is a doer, not someone who is, you know, giving up caring for themselves. And I am suggesting that because I know at times, and certainly women fall into that category, right? This is, you know, put the the oxygen mask on first. I am fervently a supporter of that. But if you make it a point to offer up support to others, it will come back around. And again, if you do it authentically, and I know that word is overused, but if you actually do it, and if for whatever reason you offer up to help, and then you know what? Life gets in the way. It's okay to then state, life got in the way. I can't. Yep. And make note. And then when the time comes that you can do something, do it. I love it. Well, thank you for connecting with us today on The Breadwinners. See what I I did there? It was my honor. (laughs) Our guest today was Susan McPherson. We will have links in the episode description to her new book, Lost Our Connecting. 
Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe and to rate and review us. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.